this is Reality of Reality, and I am Elisa Rosen. I'm a producer and development executive in unscripted television. And on this podcast, I talk with interesting people in all aspects of reality TV. Today, I am talking to Brian Samuels, and Brian has a really unique foothold in the unscripted world. He's carved out this niche for himself. He books talent on tons of reality show, and his specialty is professional athletes and, strangely enough, home improvement experts. He happens to also love television, I think, even more than me. He watches every show on the planet, and we'll talk about some of that. And what I love about Brian is that he is not afraid to say what he thinks about everybody and everything from networks to agents, and that is a pretty rare voice in our world. So, Brian Samuels, welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> wonderful. I'm so happy you're here now and you live here now. I know. Thank the Lord. It took me long enough, and now I'm never going back. Why would you? I know. Sunshine. You've seen day. the light. I've seen the seen the promised land. Right. It's just follow the light. I will. It's so, like the path on Hulu. Just it is. The light. I need to see that. It's I wonderful. think you know about, we'll get into this, but you know literally more than I do about TV, and that's frightening. <laughs> and you see more shows than I do, and that's even more frightening. You have to know how to manage your schedule when you're home. <laughs> and you can jam out a show in 22 oh, minutes. Oh, says the man who has no kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have dogs. Yeah. This was a choice, so you could watch all that TV. I need to Life go, choices. I need to rethink my choices, <laughs> clearly. The kid of the TV. New show idea. Um, so you and I, I was thinking about this this morning. You and I met. Do you remember how we met? We met in New York. You were in Philadelphia. I was. We were working on some project together. and I. But, it, but the way that that came about is I think you literally cold called my office. I did. And I'm Brian Samuels. Yes. I'm a manager at Evolution. Mm-hmm. We should meet. And so... I, I love that. <laughs> you, you came to our office in New York. You had your dog. Yeah. Of course. Oh, well. Yeah. I now have two dogs at the office every day. I love it. And, and yeah, we hit it off right away, and, and I could just like recognize the hustler in you, <laughs> recognize the hustler in me, and, and, and a friendship was born. And that was, it had to be in 12 years ago? Yeah. It was just when I started. It was like 2007. I think I was pregnant. So no, yeah, I, it, really? Yeah, so I it was, was when you started at stage three. Yeah, it was like that first year. Wow. So that's okay, um, so. let's do the math. <laughs> no, so that's only nine years ago. Nine years. It feels like forever. <laughs> right? I feel like I've known you for thirty years. That makes us Damn. very old, but right. we know that already. Shh, that's okay. a re- that seems to be a recurring theme already. <laughs> so yeah, so you um, so talk. Let's talk about so just so that our our audience knows. Yes. Our, our huge audience. <laughs> um, you are at. Well, how do I? What do I call you? Are you a man? What do you call yourself? I'm a jack of all trades. Right. And master of some. So if you meet someone at a cocktail party, you say I represent talent in several capacities. So my focus is primarily within this kind of DIY HGTV lifestyle reno design world. And in that world, I'm able to wear two hats. One is agent, one is manager. Because of my background as a lawyer, I'm cognizant enough of what is in contracts and can handle negotiations with networks and production companies, while at the same time have a background in marketing. So I'm focused on trying to find opportunities for talent off camera. Okay, so that raises about 17 other questions. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the million-dollar question that I literally still can't answer, which is shameful. What is the difference between an agent and a manager? So under California law, if you're registered as an agent, you are... There's two two things why as to why I'm both. Not being registered as an agency under the state of California allows me to produce, which I'm very actively doing, and I'm working on six different shows right now where I'm a producer. Um, technically, if you're only a manager, you're not allowed to procure those types of on-camera opportunities for clients. So those have to run through an agent. But the way we're set up, we don't share clients with any agent. Why would we? There's nothing a three-letter agency can do that we can't. We can talk about some of those. You're sitting on your hands. <laughs> Get into those agents. Oh, I am. Um, okay, I got that. So, what, so are you... You're at Evolution, so just tell us a little bit about Evolution and what that's about. So we represent about 80 clients, and it's a really interesting mix. I don't think there's anyone else out there that has this mix. So like I said, it's that DIY HGTV design home, about 35, 40 of those, and then about 40 action sports athletes, skiers, snowboarders, skateboarders, BMX folks. Um, So we handle everything for them, all their sponsorships. We have people with them at the X Games and in the Olympics. 
And then we have a small group that represents retired athletes and legends. Right. So back in the early days when you started, like when I met you, it was all about the athletes. It was pros. So you talk about, you know, your experience. You sort of started in the reality shop with I, Pros versus Joe's. I did. Yes. I was one of the producers of Pros versus Joe's for Spike. Uh, one Still to this day, one of the most rewarding projects for me for a number of reasons. Number one was I got to hang out with all the athletes that I watched growing up. So it was really cool to be with Jerry Rice and Alonzo Mourning and Michael Irvin, Hakeem Olajuwon, and those types of guys. Um, but number two, it has opened a billion doors. It really is what prompted me to move from New York to L.A. so that I could be more in the, the heart of TV and to continue to do the type of work that I did on Pros vs. Joes, which was simple, procuring athletes to be on this show. Okay, so that's simple for you, but for me, <laughs> like, talk, like, walk us through, so... You know, they want um, Jerry Rice. So sure. what does Brian Samuels then do? I will get together with my colleague and we will make sure that one of us still has a working number for Jerry. And we'll call Jerry and ask him if he's interested in the project. And it's at Jerry's discretion as to whether or not he wants anyone else to get involved. Sometimes guys do, sometimes they don't. Um, case in point, I just finished work on a new show for Nickelodeon called Crash Leets. It's It hasn't come out yet. We just finished shooting. It's, it's produced by Rob Deerdeck and Superjacket, and it's ridiculousness for kids, all sports. So the clips are all sports-related clips. My job was to find a big-name host, and I got Rob Gronkowski to host the show. Now, several paths to Gronkowski. And to the uninformed, that's myself. <laughs> I know who he is because I saw him at the Kids' Choice Awards, okay. but he is... He is the starting tight end for the New England Patriots. Got he it. is a larger-than-life personality. He is a goof, but in an endearing way. He just joined Instagram this week and within 24 hours had 600,000 followers. Wow. So he's very, very popular. And he was your idea or they wanted him and they came to you? Like, how did that work? He, as you can imagine, there's a very, very long list potential hosts for the show that gets bantered about between the network and the production company. And when I come into these scenarios, usually I have to kind of talk the network down a little bit. I'll, I'll never forget the first conversation I had with Spike about Pros versus Joes. And the first two names that came out of the network's mouth were Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter. <laughs> All due respect to everyone involved in the show, neither of those two guys would ever appear on Pros versus Joes no matter what we offered them. So you have to do a little bit of reality check in this right. game. Expectation management. Exactly. So we have a list of 50 names. I offered my suggestions, and we went and kind of whittled that list down. And the network really came back and said, we want Gronkowski. Get him for us. So what's interesting about you is that you don't represent Gronkowski. No. I'm saying it right. But Gronkowski. you yeah. still have, they use you because you're the one who's able to sort of find them out. I mean, are, are you doing what other people can't do because of your relationship with the, in that world? Like what makes you special? Cause you are able to get these people like what, what, what I want to like peel back the onion and sure. find out what's really happening. There's two things. Number one is deep, longstanding relationships with folks who are working directly with the talent or with the talent themselves, the athletes themselves, just from being in this space, having access to guys where I can call them on their cell phone. And the reason that I'm calling them is only because I have a job or money for them. I don't call <laughs> right. any talent or athlete asking for a favor, for an autograph, or to say hello. To catch up. Right. The other is resourcefulness. Yeah. So right. <laughs> using Gronkowski as the example, his NFL player agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Okay? There's a very simple call that could be made to Drew Rosenhaus's office. I've gone down that road before, and it has netted me nothing. So I happen to know that Rob works with a gentleman who lives out here who I'd been in contact with before, and he's kind of his manager, so to speak, and I went right to this guy, and he ultimately was able to help me work with production and Rob to close the deal. And where it gets interesting, which you'll like this, so he, we get to the point where everything's agreed to. Services are agreed to. The money's agreed to. Rob's excited. His dad has a voice in this, so his dad weighed in. And then his dad takes the deal and passes it over to WME. Here we go. For no good reason. They had nothing to do with this deal. They didn't initiate it. Um, the contract was pretty standard boilerplate. 
and a lawyer could have handled that in an hour, but it was a lot of back and forth and drawn out and WME in an effort to seemingly justify being a part of this was able to get him a, a tiny, tiny bit more money. Um, and took their 10% commission. So, gotta love it. So at mm-hmm. this point, when they get involved, did they interface with you? Or no. Was... Okay. No. I, I At that point, I let business affairs from either the network or the production company deal with them. I know that I've done what I needed to do, and now let let the other parties deal with the paperwork, and so, my job's done. Right. So if that deal or any deal like that that's kind of a big deal falls apart, is that... A bad reflection on you, or do they understand that shit happens? And... No, it's not. Once it gets to that point, I'm I'm the hero. I've pushed it all the way to the goal line, but I'm not the one because I don't represent Rob Gronkowski or the right. other talent in these scenarios. I'm not the one who gets the athlete to put pen to paper. That's on someone else. So if it falls apart at that point, we go back to the drawing board. But I always have Plan B. In you, the works. You do. So your ass is never on the line. You have the best job ever. My ass is on the line if the talent doesn't show. That's when they come to me. And that's happened. Give us a good story. Uh, pros versus Joes. I get a call from an athlete the night before he's supposed to fly out to L.A. to shoot. And he says, uh, hey, B, I forgot. I'm taking my wife to Mexico for her birthday. <laughs> I can't get on the plane tomorrow. I said, what, what are you talking about, dude? First of all, you signed a contract. You, you need to be here. Second of all... This is a $600,000 production. You're just going to leave us high and dry? So uh, let's just say that I I got yelled at by several people as if I had anything to do with it uh, and then was able to do some fancy footwork and got a guy, a former basketball player from Phoenix, to fly out immediately following his broadcast of the halftime show for the Phoenix Suns. And he, he got there at night and we shot with him. I feel like my my palms are sweating. Like, do you sweat it? You, I think there's a good reason I no longer have my colon. <laughs> I don't even want to get into your health <laughs> issues, but okay. I'm pretty so sure that ev- some psychosemantic stuff going on. Uh, you could say so. It was yeah. if you looked at it every year going into production of Pros versus Joes. You lost a little bit of your I colon. Get sick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was a lot of there was a lot of pressure on me uh. to make sure that 30 athletes all got in the car, all got on the plane. All came from the hotel, and you know, knock on wood, that was the only incident. And somehow, some way, I pulled it out of my ass. Yeah, and the thing with you is, it's you. Like you, you don't have a big team. I mean, I know your operation. It's like a, a lean and mean. You know, right. it's Brian Samuels, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I have some people that work with me and that are there to help me out and that have come to the rescue. But yes, ultimately, this this falls on me. And like I said, to date, knock on wood, we've been able to deliver. You know. They there's they seem to make the jobs harder and harder. I'm working on the kitten summer games right now for Hallmark. <laughs> and that is if you're familiar with the kitten bowl and the puppy bowl? Of course. Wait, is Beth Stern hosting yes, it? Yes. So they Hallmark is doing another iteration of that called the Kitten Summer Games. And so uh, my friends at Three Ball are producing that as well and came to me and asked if I could help them get some celebrities and athletes to either put themselves on camera or have camera come to them and just do a shout out encouraging people to rescue and adopt cats and and that they get paid for that though zero dollars and zero cents okay it's all pro bono Mm because they love the animals yes and is that a hard thing to book (laughs) (laughs) yes it is can you give them a kitten or something we've had a lot of people pass yeah needless to say and it's again it's that same exercise and they don't feel bad like i'm a bad person for passing they don't give a shit couldn't care less. <laughs> and I, I have to play the same game, right? Yeah. The network wants George Clooney. I'm like, in what world is in what world is he doing this? I mean, come on. That's not his cause. If they were like battered kittens in Libya, maybe. Maybe. Right. Or no, but not, not, if, yeah. not for a Hallmark no. special. Right, right. I mean, so look, right. we've... So do you go to your E-list at that point? No, I call in some favors. Got it. Case in point, Rob Gronkowski. He's your hero. Right. <laughs> Come on, Gronk. I need I need a favor. I need yeah. you to put yourself on your phone. Oh, that's literally keep, it? That's all I need him to do. Wow. I gave him four bullet points. Yeah. Uh, he'll read them and send me the video. Nice. So you have to call in favors. 
Amazing. So are you like with all of these, so you've got six projects going on. I mean, I know you're busy as hell. Are you hustling up this work or at this point is it coming to you because of people know you're that guy that's doing all of this? Fortunately, it's a lot of referral business. Yeah. A lot coming my way. Um, like for example, crash leads came through a referral from three ball. Yeah. Nice. And the JD and Todd are wonderful guys. I love working with them. Yeah. They, they we speak the same language. Todd's a big Pearl Jam fan. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, they have a really good reputation too, which is, you know, it's everything. Right. And they they've been very good to me and and vice versa. So, a lot of it is that type of referral business, but I'll do things where I'll see, maybe see a show that gets announced um and I'll reach out to the production company cold and just say, "Hey, listen, if you guys are looking for somebody to help you procure athlete celebrity talent, we'd love to do it." And does that usually go somewhere? Depends who it is. I mean, I've I've had networks go to bat for me. Nice. Um, I've had Sharon Levy call a production company and say, you need to see this guy. Sharon oh, Levy, the head of Spike. She's wonderful. She's been a friend for a long time. And you, it's this is a relationship yeah. game, as you know. You, you've been doing this for some time. You know how it goes. Yeah, I do. And and it's interesting because we, we, you know, when we get together, we have the, you know, I hate everybody conversation, which are my <laughs> favorite conversations that we will not. We can go there if We you will want. not name names. However, you know, I do, I was, I was thinking about this before we talked because I was thinking like, how do you navigate because it's a relationship business? Everyone has to love Brian because you're the one who's going to deliver on talent. And that's a huge part of what we do in these shows. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you and I, you know, there's a lot of network bullshit you need to deal with that, and you need to keep going back to that well for more shows and, you know, for more your talent and all that. How do you navigate sort of not pissing them off and, and doing your job, but also, um, you know, maintaining that sunny, easy disposition that makes people want to work with you? I, I think that's a, that's a tough balance. You do a lot of tongue biting. <laughs> you write emails that you end up not sending so, <laughs> so that you can kind of get out what you want to get out. You vent to your spouse or your colleagues i mean there are a lot of conversations that are just fuck this guy and fuck her and i mean it's it's really it's irritating um and the talent feels the same level of frustration these days especially with the current landscape it's it's not an easy game out there and uh, i have to just do a lot of tongue biting yeah, and I think it's also like you are in that position like an agent. Sorry to keep bringing up the hated agents, but we'll get to that in a minute. I wear the hat when I have to. It's like the lawyer hat. All I right. only put it on when I have to, and when it's not on, it's hidden in the closet. <laughs> right. So, and just to be clear, I don't hate agents. I want that. I want to go on record, you know. There's been a few that, you know, you don't want to deal with, but for the most part. But I get it. But but that we'll get to that in a minute. What I wanted to say was that... Um, you know, you have to do your job of representing your clients, right, and their best interests, but also knowing that you're going to work, let's say it's an HGTV DIY, which you've done a million shows for, and your talent's been on, you know, however, 40 shows or mm -hmm. something, and yeah. you've got to keep working with those people. So how did, you know, I mean, I, I know that that can be rocky. Well, here's a, here's a, you have to kind of appease them when they need to be appeased, but draw a line in the sand when you can. So here's a great example. So I'm dealing with a new pilot for DIY. And the idea of the show, it's a woman and her four brothers in Boston, and they're, they do reno work. It's what they're doing. It's the typical DIY HGTV show these days. They want to do a docu-follow. They don't want format, host-driven stuff. Really? This is what they want. They've cut loose. They, the network. The network. I'm shocked. So the network has cut loose most of your old guard of talent that used to host the formatted shows. Mm -hmm. The design shows are pretty much gone. The Crasher shows are banked for a while. They'll still air them. New season next week of Yard Crasher. So they're still airing them. But they're, they're taking this fixer-upper model and trying to expand that. And they've been doing so for a while. But they're in that mode of talent isn't what this network is about. Okay? And they'll, they'll say that to you off the record. I'm going to tell you that's the case like we know this and here's what happens where the house is the star i don't get i don't get that it's statement. all about the reveal got it okay. it's all about the reveal and the process okay we want to follow the process people want to be along for the ride and they want to see what's going on in these makeovers well without good talent i mean they're not going to greenlight thing if the talent's not good so of course kind of not silly. of okay. course but when i hear that they've greenlit 50 pilots 
75% of which will not see the light of day. And again, this is hearsay. Yeah. Right? This is what I'm picking up from production companies mm-hmm. and talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe three or four of those will go to series. If you're talent, how do you make a decision on whether or not you want to proceed? So here's the story. So I get the contract from the production company. The offer is $6,000 per episode to be split amongst five. Oof. Do the math. That's rough. Take out 10%. Yeah. Now you're down to $1,080 per episode. Yeah. Take out taxes. Yeah. And spread that over how many days to shoot a, a pilot for a reno series? Five. Okay. Yeah. So, and just so people know, I mean, you know, a typical talent fee for a first season with unknown talent, 6000 for one person would be pretty good. That would be great. Yeah. We'd yeah. be happy with that. But to split amongst five... five. That's 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 getting kind of crazy. Exactly. And so, are they getting a, the the reno fees covered in the budget, or are they expected to cover those? Well, it's part of their job. So they're so doing it anyway. So what the network's done in the past, as you know, is they include something called a build budget. So the build budget is money that's given to the project by the network, right? Just to make sure everything's covered and to make sure that it looks wonderful. Well, the, those build budgets, which were twenty to thirty k within the last two years are now closer to 10 to 15 Hmm. because these people are actually doing the jobs. Yeah. So when I see this contract, it's 6K an episode, (laughs) right? right? And we laugh at this. Do the math. It's less than minimum wage. And the product, just to be clear, so the production company is proposing this? Yes, but this comes from the network. Got it. Because I was going to say that they can't just pull that number out of a hat. No. So when I I go back and say to them, minimum 10,000 episodic rate, Otherwise, I'm inclined to tell them to walk, which I think rattles people's cages because they have a line around the block of people who are dying to be on television. And I said to the talent, unless this fulfills some lifelong dream of yours, don't sign this contract. It's a bad deal. Wow. Lo and behold, I get an email from production that they want to get on the phone. This was yesterday. We have a call and they said the network told them 6,000 was plenty and that they could get away with paying their talent that amount. Production had a $10,000 placeholder in their budget for talent, and uh, the network bumped it down to six. Yeah, I've experienced that firsthand. So, wow. so Which is, by the way, just to, just to make it, again, very clear, yes. it, that never makes sense to me because I get precedent and all of that, but if they're giving you the number for your budget that you need to hit overall, why does it matter... I always say I I say this to talent. I would I would if I had a million dollar budget, I'd pay you half of that if I could still make the rest of the show for five hundred thousand. You know I don't and and frankly in my mind a network should not care because if I'm coming in at budget or under budget, why do they care what I pay my talent? Unless just so people know, there are scenarios as you know where the network then negotiates directly with con- with with talent and you're not involved. And in that case, I don't even want to know what they're paying them, and I don't care because it's not coming out of my pocket. Right. It's that's a network contract where you're in a whole other stratosphere right. as talent. Right. Because you probably are well known already or you're a celebrity that's going to have 20 people yes. negotiating and it's and they're going to want so much more than your budget even allows for. But in this scenario where the production company has said $10,000, obviously they know that can then fit into their overall budget. And that and the network is saying for whatever reason, because they want a stronghold to say, we're going to we only pay first time talent 6000. We've never paid them 10 grand before. Uh, you know, they're teaching them a lesson, essentially. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, so, I just, I'm sharing your frustration. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very unfair, in my but, opinion. But it's a, it's not, it has nothing to do with production. It's all dictated by the network. So production gets back on the phone with me and says, we've submitted what you wrote to us to the network. And I know exactly who that's going to at the network, too. I said, good. I hope he sees it. I hope you just forwarded my email straight to him. And they said, well, regardless of what the network says, we'll cover the difference and it'll come out of our pocket and we'll get you the 10 grand an episode. I've done that too. Yeah. And Which that's, is not fair to the production company. It's not. And there's it's it's legally a little wormy. And it's it's got to be a side letter, Exactly. Right? I mean, I don't want to get too into it. We don't want to reveal all our secrets, <laughs> but but yeah, and it's not fair. It's not. Because, because it can't really come out of that budget. It's coming out of other places that you have to, it's like pulling money out of a hat. So, But they make this argument to you too that, that you should be grateful as talent that you're given this opportunity and look what it can do for your business. Yeah. Let's be realistic. You're a contracting company out of Boston. Right. You have a show that airs on DIY Network. Let's say it does three seasons. You're only a family business. 
How big can your business get? How much growth is this show going to provide for your business? That proved out when we did Farm Kings. When we did four seasons on GAC and, you know, it was kind of their big show, but it was still a small network for scripts. And that was kind of always the line, you know, how it's going to grow your business, how it's going to grow your business. It did bump it for sure. And it did help, but it never got to a level. I mean, the fact is, is, as you know, there's just a small number of people and worlds like Duck Dynasty, like the how, like Bethany Frankel, you That's know, it. and those are amazing examples. Um, the guy that makes the cakes, Buddy Castro. I mean, yeah. there's some incredible examples of that that you can point to, but that's not every single reality show. I mean, that's that's the exception to the rule, frankly. Those are so few and far between, and they, they put that in your face and, and get the talent to hang their hopes on something like yeah. that happening, and it's just so unrealistic. that. So it's your job. Do you see it as your job to manage those expectations yes. with talent? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you have to because television for the purpose of talent is a vehicle to do more. It's a vehicle to get you opportunity to do more off-camera. Television's not making any of these folks super wealthy it's the opportunities that come in as a result of them being on television yeah and you were just telling me a great example because a lot of what you do are these sponsorship opportunities right. especially with your diy type talent so tell me tell the story about the girls that was interesting and then we can go into the agency <laughs> parlays perfectly into our agency discussion so i get a, an email response to an old email that i sent so i reached out to talent when i saw that a show was piloted because i thought they were interesting and these two women in Dallas, and they have a great following on social and several million unique viewers to their website every month, 700,000 followers between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. That's some power right there. So I thought I should reach out to them. I did so in a cold email, and I didn't hear a word back until this week. This email went out in September. So radio silence until this week when they said we were with a three-letter agency, uh, they didn't do anything for us and we're looking for new representation. And I got on the phone with them for about an hour, had a wonderful conversation. We signed paperwork today, so, you know, the next day. Um, but within 90 minutes of hanging up, I had $10,000 for them to do an appearance in Bakersfield, California. It doesn't take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to find opportunities. You just have to hustle a little bit which again is part of why I have a lot of disdain for three-letter agencies who seem to just wait for the phone to ring. Because they'll get their, your point is they'll get their percentage basically for doing nothing if the talent makes it happen. So right. they shouldn't be entitled to their right. 10%. And it's just a matter of, of hustle. You have, to just, you have to be proactive, not reactive. That to me is the big difference. We're very proactive on behalf of the talent, not reactive. If I sat around and waited for the phone to ring, I mean, who knows when it's going to ring next? I need to make opportunity happen, not wait for it to come to me. So I always wonder, people like yourself who've got a million clients, I know you don't literally have a million, but a lot. <laughs> I mean, how many, like 50 clients? Or... Um, under the home design, probably 35 to okay. 40. Okay. And that's a lot of clients. It's a lot. So how do you, you know, I mean, it's sort of a cliche question, but how do you give them all, feel like they're your only clients and give them attention? How do you know if you have an opportunity in Bakersfield and you've got 17 other female clients that could fit the same bill, who to, you know, take? Like, how do you figure it out? You have to spread the love. You are constantly on the phone. I hired someone recently and she looked at me the other day and she said, you are fucking on the phone a lot, man. <laughs> I can't even get five minutes with you. I was like, am I, I'm really on the phone a lot? She's like, are you kidding me? I said, I don't know. I just feel like I'm doing my job. Yes, you're on the phone a lot. I was like, okay. So you have to constantly check in. And here's the reality of it. If And you can look at anyone's roster, no matter who they are. Right. They're going to have a probably a much longer roster than there's actual clients there that require work. Mm -hmm. So right. you may have clients who, who have been in TV shows before, whether they're actors or not, who aren't right now. There's a lot less work to do for those folks than those who are very active because there's a lot of deal flow and a lot of things happening for them. Right, but then you also get the people, regardless of level of fame or level of, you know, how many shows they have on the air, they're just going to be, you know, high maintenance. Yeah, well, they can go find someone else to work with. So you make it very clear. Or you, have you fired clients? I have, yes. <laughs> Is that a fun process? No, and it's done because the expectations are just so unrealistic. If I have, I had a client who's in this home reno space say to me, you know, I really feel like I should have a deal with Hanes t-shirts because I wear them every day. 
And I said, all due respect, brother, they have one person who's their spokesperson. His name's Michael Jordan. <laughs> if and when you get to that level, I will call Haynes, Fruit of the Loom, Jockey, you name them. We'll get a deal. But until then, I think it's a non-starter. And when you hear things like that repeatedly, <laughs> right. you know, hey, any any updates, any deals, any updates, any deals, it becomes difficult. And, you know, I'm out there working as hard as I can trying to find opportunity, but sometimes the brands don't gravitate towards certain talent. And when you're out there, like I know we texted a few weeks ago and you were in, um, you were on set for the, the Nickelodeon show. When you're out there in the field in production, what are you doing? doing <laughs> i don't mean it to come oh, out like that it's the best when i do a job like that on on crash leads what am i doing when i'm on set jack eating, eating services. yes i do nothing right i'm there to make sure everything's okay okay my job is done once the talent shows up on set i'm done are you interested in the process yes like, okay yes so you like seeing how it's all put together yes. it's fun yeah it's fun to be on a set for a few hours a day (laughs) where I'm not running around like crazy and I like to see the process because it's I'm immersed in it and I like to know what's going on and you know it's it's good to be there to get a little bit of FaceTime with the network execs it's good to be there so that I'm getting some FaceTime with the owners of the production company because being on Crash Leets got me another gig working for them on another Nickelodeon show called Jagger Eaton's Mega Life what is that? Right. Yeah, I'm working on it. Is it like Mick Jagger? <laughs> <laughs> Jagger Eaton is a 15-year-old skateboarder who is a future star, on-camera star. He's just great. And he's doing a show with Nickelodeon where he travels the country looking for mega humans, usually other athletes, and experiencing what they do. So we're setting up some really fucking cool shit. It sounds amazing. Yeah, he's going to... Alaska to do some heli skiing. He's going to do some urban skiing where he's going to ski off of a building and then off the top of a car and down a railing and off a staircase. Oh my God, this insurance must be through the roof. And he's doing, uh, he's going to to Salt Lake City and doing human bowling on the, um, yeah, on the, uh, on the oval, the Olympic oval. Cool. The ice. Um, so are you involved in the creative, like when you're all of those sort of challenges are yes. you, do you, you have input and like, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Yes. And so it's, so it's beyond just sort of talent management. Exactly. So one of the ideas we had, this guy's getting, this guy's getting a lot of love on, on this podcast today was to see if Rob Gronkowski would do an episode. Oh, Rob. He's, I'm going to go to the well as many times as I can with I, him. Right. We got to get him in here. I know. <laughs> so the idea was, okay, we'll come to you, Rob. And why don't we rent a football field? This is what I pitched to Rob and to production. Why don't we rent a football field and you can show Jagger how to spike a football? Rob's got a very um, entertaining spike when he scores a touchdown. And we can use tomatoes or cantaloupes or whatever the case might be and have fun with it. And you can show him how to spike. And Rob loved it and production loved it. And so now the stars have to align. And if the dates work, we'll make it happen. Amazing. It's... Rob is going to get overexposed very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. That's that's amazing. So in terms of, um, like, you've done the athlete thing, now you're in the home space, but you're still doing both. Is there one that you like better in terms of talent? Uh-oh. He's not answering. No, I love the home space. And I, I'll tell you why. Um, they're real people. Yeah. They do real work. They... Athletes overall can be somewhat difficult to work with. There are mm-hmm. plenty of exceptions to the rule. Um, I love working with Shaquille O'Neal. He's fantastic. But a lot of athletes in the team sports space require a lot of hand-holding. The talent within the home space requires none. And I don't want to hold hands. Yeah. I'm not, it's not an efficient use of time if I have to go travel and just be there to make sure that an appearance goes well. I'm much better off in the office trying to find more deals. Yeah, I hear you. So um, speaking of, of the home space, uh, you are have some ideas of your own as to how to expand the home space. What I can do. we talk about? I I have this. This is what I think. Okay, let's just be yeah straight up here. I think that the programming that's coming out on DIY and HGTV within the home space leaves a lot to be desired. I think that there is a hunger for content from people who want to know how to do things in their home. Not everybody out there is doing a gut of their home. 
Not everyone's <laughs> redoing their kitchen and bathroom and basement and master within three months. It's just not, that's not what people are doing. Some people want to just know, how can I spruce up my room? What changes can I make that aren't going to cost me a lot of money that can make my space feel like it's rejuvenated? And so where I feel there's a huge void and what I'm spending a lot of my time on is focusing on the creation of content on the digital side to fill that void. Yes. Because I feel like I have great talent with some of these HGTV DIY personalities yeah. and they are not being utilized by the network and they're contractually open. And so the idea is to partner them with a big player on the distribution side and tap into the brand relationships that we have and see if the brands want to create content. So what I've been doing is having those conversations and it's a resounding yes. So the brands are, are they sick of the regular networks or are they just find that they can't, like what, what, why are they so open to this type of relationship? A couple of reasons. Number one, the point of entry in terms of price at the network can be, um, can hamstring you. Hmm. If it's going to cost you X to get into the network and for 50% of X, you can create six, eight, 10 short form episodes featuring your product with DIY HGTV talent and get distribution that might trump what you would get with the network, it's a no-brainer. Right. Everything skews towards the brand saying yes. So in these types of conversations, which I've been having a lot of regularly over the last month, it's been an almost unanimous yes. So it's still the challenge to kind of piece this all together, but by the time this podcast is released, I hope everything is pieced together. I can tell you that. I'm so excited and... You know I want in. I know. I Believe want me, in. I know. I it's, want in. It's there's just a there's a big void in the <laughs> in my opinion the millennials the upper end of the millennials are now becoming homeowners or at least moving yeah. into their first places whether it's an apartment or a house and they're actually starting to get interested in design and reno and they consume content differently. I how, agree. Do you, how do your kids watch? They don't watch TV. I mean, I don't exactly. have to ever fight over the TV. It's That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, to me. like it's it's a non-issue in our lives. What are they watching? iPads. They, yeah, they computer. watch a computer. Yeah, they're they're either their phone. I mean, you know, my stepson Kevin, who you met, is twenty three. Love that kid. He yeah, he's a great kid. But you know, he hasn't watched traditional TV. I don't think since he was like fourteen. I what mean, does he watch? He watches. Um, you know, he's on all the social media, and there's so much posted there that I think a lot of times when I drop in and he's watching something on his phone, it's little snippets of things that have been posted. He doesn't watch. I mean, he's watched like Breaking Bad and some of the okay. more epic shows on Netflix on his iPad. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like MTV or CW, <laughs> this is the networks he's supposed to be watching. They're like non, you know, he, and my 18 year old, like, I mean, he won't even watch a movie. That, it's way too much time. Well, that will take him away from video games. That's... Well, right. But now you have Snapchat. Right. And, oh yeah. They're all over that. Right. And so, so now Snapchat is you creating that, right? original content, yeah, right? And, smart. and even the, the Kardashians are releasing stories on Snapchat that are mimicking an episode of a TV show. And I mean, I, look, I'm on Snapchat. I don't snap but i'm there to, to... but you chat <laughs> no, well, but as someone who loves tv like you and i both love tv and yes. the traditional like sit down and watch a 30 or 60 minute show yes. you know and like my greatest joy is like when i have my favorite shows stacked up on my dvr you know on a friday night it's nothing better nothing better right so in terms of like you know catching up to the business or where you see it going like does that the fact that people are watching you know 3 minute videos or less on Snapchat or whatever the hell you know is that like <laughs> bum you out or is that an exciting opportunity or is it both both yeah see i'm like you i want to come home and find a loaded up DVR and just sit back and watch shows on TV i still like to do that i haven't made that transition yet but the fact that it opens doors for me to get into that space in my work is great. Yeah. So it's a to me it's it's a win because I don't necessarily have to be the one consuming it, but I can be involved in it from 
the work side and then come home and watch Shark Tank on my TV. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I think I say, I'm going to say every episode, my best, my favorite, favorite, favorite reality show. So in terms of like your prognostication and, and where we're going, are you still going to have those shows to come home to in five years or is that all going to change? I mean, as I remember 10 years ago, I was at Nappy or one of those conventions and Ben Silverman said, you know, in five years, we're, ne- we're not going to be watching TV on TV anymore. So He was ahead of his time, but I think it's going that way. I mean, I'm thinking this from a personal perspective right yeah if and i haven't done this more so because i'm lazy <laughs> but i should call direct tv and i should cut my package way down right i should get rid of the all the movie channels right i should just do showtime on whatever it's called billions and, by the way you got to stick with it i it's good but no I, no no are you caught up i am oh wow all right we'll take this I, offline it just kind of drags <laughs> for me sometimes i'm waiting get, get in on the path on hulu and i went i'm get all in. in hello it's jason what's his face from parenthood katims katims whatever however you say it i don't care but he has a <laughs> yeah. midas touch and midas touch friday night lights best show ever and parenthood and parenthood like, right. like two, so, yeah no yeah say no more it's it's a good watch right um but i do think that tv's gonna have a place for some of the more uh, experimental type mm-hmm. shows. Like, for example, I love this new show on A&E called 60 Days In. Incredible. It's amazing. It's the best unscripted TV show I've seen in I don't know how long because it's so fucking real. Exactly. It's a genius idea. And I'm so pissed I didn't think of it. But kudos to whomever did. <laughs> I know. It's Captivating. I agree. So, in again, just so people know. Yeah, what yeah. So you, they took seven ordinary citizens, <laughs> right, and asked them to participate in an experiment to help the prison system learn a little bit more about what's going on within the prison. And these people all have to have some reason that they'd want to do it. So there's a former Marine who wants to go into law enforcement. There's a, a, a cop. Teacher. Right. How's the cop, by the way, the lesbian cop? I mean, did they pull her from central casting? She, she's unbelievable. She's per- she looks like she belongs Literally, she like is. if you're doing the scripted yes. version of the show, she's the one you have to cast. Amazing. Yeah. The so, teacher. Who, so the they, they mom. Right. They give you kind of some rules. Here are things you should do. Here are things you shouldn't do. And if you want to succeed in this experiment... And keep your nose out of trouble, follow the rules. So you have the Marine who follows the rules to a T, and then the teacher who oh. doesn't give a shit about the rules. He's the he's this guy, he's Richard from Survivor season one, right? <laughs> right. They were he reminds yes. me exactly. Yes. He's just yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was told to act that way or that's just his personality, but no he's one gonna knows. get his I'm not caught up, but oh, if he doesn't die in that prison, <laughs> I'll be shocked. I, what I think is he's ultimately gonna end up breaking rules to the point where he gets himself in so much trouble that he has to stay in the prison. Oh, like for real. Right. Like Like rearrested in a real way. That's what I think is going to happen. And then you, they have certain code words so that if you feel like you're overwhelmed, you can kind of tap out. Oh, okay. I'm not up to that yet. But so I won't spoil it. Yeah. yeah, In any case, I think shows of that ilk are going to have to live on TV because I couldn't imagine watching that show anywhere else it's a documentary every right week, you know right and and yes making a murder and and some of these other docu documentary type shows have been great but i still feel like those are best suited to be on television i agree that's a really that's a really good answer all right so now i'm going to do this is my inside the actor studio moment where i'm going to have recurring questions amazing um that i kind of just want to hear from everybody that's in here so the first thing is your proudest accomplishment uh, starting my own company 10 years ago and seeing it still thriving 10 years later. I, I get it. <laughs> biggest regret. My biggest regret is stepping outside of what I knew and trying to head down this path of representing NBA players for their contracts. In over your head or just not worth the hassle? It's one of the worst business models <laughs> in this country, if not on the planet. Um, that is a whole separate podcast in and of itself. Yeah. And but, totally not interesting to me personally. <laughs> no. But my husband would be definitely be interested. Well, he and I can chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's, yeah, that'll be his next lawsuit. <laughs> so what's the craziest show or talent you've ever been pitched? Or you've ever pitched to a network? Oh, man, these are good questions. Thank you. Oh, the craziest talent I've ever been pitched or pitched. Um, somebody wanted to... T- <laughs> I brought um, Kid from Kid and Play in to a production company to try to do a real life version of Kid and Play. Nice. And it just <laughs> went, went horribly wrong. Nowhere very, very, very quickly. 
What I think I know the answer to this one because we've talked. Unless there's an, another story, but the best show you never sold. Should I should I lead the witness? Yeah, tell me. It's the one. Of course, it's an athlete that is name. It's the ones who did Undercover Boss, but it was the athlete version. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. So, what was that guy's name? Oh, his name's only. Uh, you might have heard Who of him. Skyped me. LeBron. LeBron. His name's LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even I have. He just escaped me. So hey, you know him from Trainwreck. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you want to hear that story about yeah, that show? Yeah. It's a great. It's a great. I think it's. What it made me feel good about is that even the biggest production companies with the best track records in the world, track records in the world, can't sell an obvious show that should have been picked up. Exactly. So Studio Lambert, who they make Undercover Boss for CBS, which is incredibly successful, um, came to me and said, "Okay, here's the deal. We have a new show we want to pitch, and we're calling it Secret Baller, and it's basically Undercover Boss for athletes. Each episode, we're going to have an athlete go in undercover into a school." dressed as a teacher, a substitute teacher, or a coach, or something. And then there's going to be this big reveal. The athlete reveals who he really is. And then the school gets like a new gym, or new computers, or new uniforms, or whatever the case is. Okay? I said, fucking brilliant. <laughs> right. No-brainer. Right. The guy goes, okay. The, the producer is a friend of mine. He says, I need a really big name for this. I guess, great. Who do you want? Michael LeBron. <laughs> right, right. So I said... All right, he sent me, he said, the like three or four names. And it was literally like MJ. We went out to MJ for, for Studio Lambert on the show it's not big, that long I mean, ago. That's not a got crazy a pass. ass. No, yeah. I got a pass, but yeah. got an answer. Right, right. Uh, LeBron, Kobe, maybe like one or two other people. Yeah. So I had a sizzle reel. Amazing sizzle reel. Like one of those sizzle reels where you're just like... Like LeBron was in the sizzle. Yeah, they put him in the sizzle, but clips of LeBron, right. but just a Got very it. kind of moving sizzle. And you, you've seen and done enough. Yes. It's hard to Impress. elicit emotion on yeah. a sizzle reel. Yeah. And this one did. Okay. So I sent it to LeBron's team and got an answer of, uh, we watched it over the weekend, LeBron's in, which was one of the best emails I've ever gotten. And so we put the deal together, LeBron signed the deal, and LeBron... A lucrative deal for Brian Samuels, right? Yes. Right. Oh, God, yeah. I was already counting my money. I'm like, holy shit. That was one of those where I was like, okay, I'm done. I, I can retire up. now. But I was also going to be retained to work on the show to get the athletes for each episode. Right, right. So, I mean, I was counting money. Right. And, you, were, you were dipping all over the place. Right, and LeBron agreed to Skype in for network pitches. Mm, okay? Kiss of death. And it was a big decision. What do we do? Do we wait until LeBron rolls through LA and has two days where he's down and we can get him in, but that's four months later? Right. Or do we strike while the iron's hot? Mm. Where LeBron's into it. Right. And it's that's a really tough call. And the decision was made to strike while it was hot and had LeBron Skype in for, I believe it was about seven or eight pitches. It was all the, it was, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, right. Fox, TNT, which had the NBA, which yeah. was like, could be great. Um, a whole slew of others. And as we sit here today, it is still a pass. It's unbelievable it's a pass. to me. I, and and on, the, on the heels of that, on the heels of it passing, I got to read a show, I read about shows like Snooki and her husband <laughs> flipping houses for FYI. You get the fuck out of here. Have seen that show? I recorded it, okay, because <laughs> I wanted to watch it just yeah. for a few minutes. I deleted it before ever pressing play. Your best call. Do you know what it rated? Point, point oh six. Wow. wow. More people go to the San Diego Zoo in a weekend than watch that show. <laughs> That's insane. That is, uh, it's on, I mean, uh, you know, with apologies to FYI, lovely network, some great shows, but that show oh, is on. unwatchable. No apologies. <laughs> no from, from this chair, no. No apologies. No, they tell me that they no. want to take bigger, bigger swings <laughs> in the home reno space. That's a big swing? <laughs> It's a fucking miss. Oh, Brian. I, I love you for your honesty. I do, because it's so refreshing, and I think it's, it's really rare. Let's get real, people. Snooki yeah. and her <laughs> stupid husband flipping houses is not a good show. Okay, but here's the horrible truth, and if you're man enough, you'll admit it. If they came to you and said, we want to do that, you'd try to sell that show in a heartbeat. I would, but I would feel a bit, <laughs> I would be embarrassed. But I'd be, feel dirty. No, someone pitched me um, Farrah from Teen Mom. 
No, she's that. That's lower than Snoopy. Okay. On, on the reality food yeah. chain, that's like the bottom uh, oh, of the I, barrel. I walked away, but yeah. she's like doing home design. I'm sure she is. <laughs> Isn't she also doing like vivid videos? Probably. Yeah. If it's it was, the same there were two, mom I'm thinking of. Yeah, Farah. The, the one main right, the team. sex tape. Yeah. There were two asks. Can you picture to Dancing with the Stars? Because I've worked on that show for several <laughs> right, seasons. Right, right. And happy to say I no longer do. Right. And can you pitch her to DIY for a design show? It's uh, <laughs> no and no. Really, the show with her that needs to get made is Teen Mom versus Tan Mom. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. Um, okay, strangest talent request you've ever had. So on Pros versus Joes, uh, one of the athletes, um, Charles Oakley. Mm, I okay? know him. Just a great power forward, rebounder, played for the Bulls, played for the Knicks. He was, um, so he, <laughs> he came to the shoot in D.C. and he drove to the shoot from New York. Okay, that's where he was. So he drove from New York to D.C. So he had his car there. And then as he was as he was getting set to leave and return to wherever he was going, he required a flight. Which, okay, first of all, I don't understand. You drove here, dude. <laughs> right. Where's your car? What are you doing? Then he gets a call from the driver that the driver's there with the town car and for him to come down. And this is about 3 o'clock in the morning because he's got to get some flight to North Carolina. Again, I have no idea what this guy's doing, nor do I care. <laughs> and because at that point he's wrapped like go away right, like, what right. are you doing <laughs> he's trying to pitch a cooking show to me I'm like what are you that's hilarious yeah, if you google it Charles Oakley big time chef He no seriously oh seriously yeah, yeah. okay so the driver then calls me at 3 o'clock in the morning he says I've been down here for an hour waiting for Charles Oakley to come down I think he has a flight he's gonna miss <laughs> so I then have to go call Charles Oakley and I said Charles, what's up, man? The car's downstairs. He goes, yeah, no, I'm not getting in that. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about, dude? Don't you have a flight? He goes, no, I don't give a shit. I'm not getting in that car. I said, why not? He goes, it's a town car, man. I want to get in an SUV. Oh. I said, God. what are you talking about, dude? You're missing your flight. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I ain't getting in that car. Wow. I said, dude, okay, what do you want me to do? Oh. I don't give a shit, but get, get that car out of here. Get SUV here now. Oh and that's what I had to do. Oh my god! Will not get in the car. Wow! Because it's a town car, not an SUV. Is it like a mafia thing? I have no idea. Wow. You asked why I don't work with athletes <laughs> right. as much anymore. It's reasons like that. Oh my god! Like I don't even, I don't even know what to make of that. All right. So last question: What are your What are your goals for the next few years? I mean, I know you have the digital network. Like, what do you What do you want to do with the evolution? Like, where do you see your your career going? I want to continue to grow in the way we've been growing the last several years. You know, continue to build our practice and do do so more kind of grassroots style. Um, start to develop talent and be able to find places to put that talent that is not necessarily on TV and generate enough traction with where we put them to allow for the brand deals to continue to, to flow. And just, I, just keep growing. I think it's and really keep smart. fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you get to like, wear jeans and a t-shirt every right. day, bring We're your not, dogs to work. Not curing cancer, and it's not rocket science. I just want to have fun and maybe entertain a few people along the way, and that's it. Well, you have entertained me today. <laughs> <laughs> and you always entertain me, so this Likewise. is really fun. Very fun. Thank you. My pleasure.